Hey everybody, welcome to another Ithaca Bound podcast episode. I'm your host, Andrew Schiestel, and this is the podcast where we explore history and mythology in the Mediterranean Basin. I'm joined today with Dr. Francisco Benelli for a conversation about the architecture in Giotto's art. So Giotto di Bedone, a Florence Italian artist who lived in the 13th and 14th centuries. Dr. Benelli joins the show today to explore how architecture may have influenced some of Giotto's artwork and how Giotto's artwork may have influenced architecture. Dr. Benelli is a trained architect. He also holds a PhD in the history of architecture. He's Associate Professor, Department of the Arts at University of Bologna in Italy. He's the author of the book, The Architecture in Giotto's Paintings, which was published by Cambridge University Press. And he joins us today from Italy. Welcome to the call, Francisco. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Andrew. And uh, thank you for inviting me to, to this podcast, uh, something that I've never done before. So uh, um, I, I'm the one who uh, was learning today. So. You're absolutely welcome, and it is wonderful to have you on on the call. Um, who, so, who was uh, Giotto uh, di Bodone? Giotto da Bodone is a is a is a is a revolu- revolutionary artist um, who really changed painting and uh, turned it as uh, has been. Uh, uh, Written down by one of the most important uh, 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 writer of, uh, of art uh, in the Renaissance, uh, Giorgio Vasari. He's the one that turned art from uh, uh, Greek to Latin in the sense that uh, he um, 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 got rid of that uh, very strong uh, medieval and Byzantine tradition during the Middle Ages and part of the Renaissance, uh, that um, defining something Greek. Uh, meant to define something Byzantine, uh, old-fashioned. And, um, and he turned art from, um, from Greek to Latin, meaning that he turned uh, art into something that was looking toward uh, the ancient world, the, the era of the great wealth of the Roman Empire. So um, Giotto, in other words, is the first one who planted the seed of um, what has been called the long durée, the, the long renaissance. So it's a, it's a, it's a cultural revolution that uh, um, uh, typically has been uh, um, defined, uh, has been set its origin in the, in the in 15th century Florence. However, um, Giotto um, uh, precedes the, uh, the idea of classical renaissance to, uh, because mm-hmm. it started to look toward uh, um, the Roman art and culture uh, much before the, uh, the 15th century, uh, which uh, traditionally the Renaissance uh, um, is meant, uh, has been, uh, um, uh, historians are agree that the Renaissance started. So Giotto mm-hmm. um, had this great intuition uh, to uh, look toward the models and um, prototypes, uh, uh, not coming from uh, uh, the present or the immediate past, but coming from the ancient Roman era. Hmm. So was it him that was doing those uh, Greek translations? Can you say it again? Yeah, was it, was it uh, Giotto that was doing the Greek translations that you mentioned? Well, not, not Greek translation. Giotto... Uh, uh, got rid. He turned painting uh, from uh, medieval Byzantine uh, into something new. 
for example, one of Giotto's great intuition is, the, is to describe nature in a way that is much more realistic than his uh, uh, peers mm. at that time. Um, nature, when, I'm, when I'm talking about nature, I'm talking about the natural landscape, um, I'm talking about physiognomy uh, of people. Giotto is uh, the first one, he's also the inventor of portrait, of, of the notion of modern portrait. Mm. Um, um, and, uh, and in doing this, uh, in, in, in uh, depicting nature uh, and physiognomy, and physiognomy uh, in, a much, in this much more realistic uh, manner, that also included architecture. That's why the architecture the paint, uh, that is part of Giotto's painting is so realistic because he is, uh, um, um, is, is part of this new uh, attitude and this new attention toward the nature uh, and the landscape uh, around, both, both natural landscape but also artificial landscape, which is the landscape of the city. Hmm. What do scholars know about his early years? in terms of maybe things that might have inspired him or why he was interested in what he ended up uh, being so good at? Okay, um, Giotto is a, is, a, is a pupil of Cimabue, which is uh, um, another very important uh, painter um, of, a, of the earlier generation, mm -hmm. which already uh, was uh, um, uh, very innovative under many uh, aspects. Uh, however, Cimabue, um, which uh, introduced probably Giotto to a, a new attention and a new way of how to look uh, toward reality around, he was not interested as much as Giotto in looking toward the uh, Roman sources. And when I'm saying when I'm talking about Roman sources, I'm talking about uh, uh, the, the the many uh, spolia. Uh, which were which were visible uh, in uh, in the old in the Italian peninsula. Uh, I'm talking about uh, um, Roman sculptures and I'm talking about sarcophagi. But I'm also I'm talking about uh, um, these large fragments of uh, Roman buildings still standing up in the Italian peninsula, uh, which were um, um, mm -hmm. which already uh, uh, took the attention of uh, of uh, of of. Um, of, of you, of intellectuals of the time, but uh, Giotto went further because uh, uh, typically during the Middle Ages, uh, um, Roman ruins uh, were appreciated because they were different from uh, modern architecture. So people, and I'm talking about um, um, a large variety of, 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 of beholders, uh, pilgrims, for example, but also uh, um, uh, lords or, or, or cardinals and uh, or even the popes, they knew that Roman ruins were different from the rest of the of the of the cities. But um, there, uh, after notice that uh, their attention stopped, they they were not able to go further. Whereas Giotto, um, he understood that those ruins uh, were different, but also they were fragments of something larger, mm -hmm. fragments of a lost uh, civilization, which was the, the Roman Empire. So this is a, Giotto mm -hmm. is the very first artist which uh, was able uh, uh, to understand the potential and the, and, the, and the meaning of Roman ruins. And, uh, and for the first time, he tried to uh, elaborate. Uh, the, he starts from the, to to uh, to um, interpret the Roman ruins uh, as uh, 
um, something, uh, part of something that was missing. So the idea of uh, rethink the ruin is the intuition uh, um, uh, brought uh, uh, by Giotto to the to to to, to the art. So if he's I don't know whether if he, it, no, it's excellent. It's excellent, uh, Francisco. So if he's examining a uh, a site with Roman r ruins. Um, so you have the vestiges of what would have been a larger society at at some point um, there, at least in that at that at that uh, time in history. Um, was he then in his paintings um, reconstructing what he was uh, not able to physically see? Okay. Um, yes and no. I mean, Giotto had this this intuition that Roman ruins were a starting point of the speculation. Uh, however, Giotto is still a, a belongs um, to the medieval culture and not that um, is still a few generations uh, before the Renaissance, when uh, which is the period when um, the humanists uh, start to develop tools uh, of interpretation, uh, which uh, um, in, in, that allow them to study the antiquities in a much more scientific manner. For example, um, the, the, the origin of a philology, the, the, the accurate scientific study of, of text. Um, also, the idea that the building should be studied, uh, should be measured, for example, and, uh, and, uh, and then reproduced um, into uh, exact, uh, precise drawings. Joshua did not know that. In, uh, but uh, he understood that uh, that the ruins were uh, fragments of some of something that were much larger. Um, is um, so Giotto did not have the capabilities to reconstruct a building, but uh, he had the capability to understand that the ruin was a fragment of something larger. Um, it's very meaningful in Giotto's uh, uh, in Giotto's production uh, the. The, uh, the the very first panel of the of the of the uh, Assisi cycles in the Basilica Maggiore, the homage of the simple man, which is uh, um, which is the very first uh, panel of the cycle, uh, which introduced uh, to the pilgrim, to the beholder, the, the 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 life and the miracles of Francis. In this panel, um, for the first time. After the antiquities, uh, an architecture is placed right at the center of the of the, of the painting of the frescoes. Not the characters, who's Francis, and not even the, the the simple man. They both are set aside, but in the center of the panel, uh, you see a, a, a temple facade, a classical temple facade, which is actually the portrait, and that probably is the very first portrait of a building uh, after the. That, that we know, uh, probably after the, the Roman time, um, which has been, a, a, which is a considered as the true characters uh, at, at the same level of a of a of a of a, of a man, or, or um, which is in this case is Francis. So um, why Giotto um, uh, is doing that? Because uh, placing it right at the center of the very first uh, fresco of the cycle. This uh, bill, which is considered odd because it's a temple, is a Roman temple, which is depicted within uh, the rest of the city, which is uh, which is depicted as medieval, as a typical medieval, or or uh, in another word, is modern. Giotto um, is depicting the temple of the Minerva, which is which was is still in 
visible today is this temple facade located right in the center of the main uh, Assisi Square, uh, which is a building which, uh, that is, again, different from all the rest of, of the buildings in town, which means that is a, is a, real, is a real landmark, which mm. tells the beholder where the story of Francis is happening, which is Assisi. And he is expressing that, that uh, representing the most uh, recognizable because different building in town. So, um, is a, because again, it's a Roman building uh, provided with columns uh, and tablatures, pediments, which is different. However, Giotto that goes further. He is adding to this portrait of an of a ancient building, decoration and elements that are modern, that mm. are part uh, that belongs to a contemporary architecture. For example, he's adding uh, this big, uh, uh, round windows uh, in the, the center of the pediment is using uh, um, in the in the entablature uh, modern contemporary decoration. So is providing the viewer uh, with the tools uh, with the hooks uh, that uh, makes this building uh, um, more uh, easy to understand uh, uh, to, to to the to the beholder. Remember that the, the typical beholder was not able to read and and mm. uh, and, and write. So the, the, the power of the image, uh, that was the image has to be very powerful and, uh, and really easy to understand. So, um, so th that means that uh, in doing this, so updating uh, um, this building, this facade uh, with these contemporary elements, uh, mm. meaning that Giotto is thinking uh, toward the architecture um, um, as a palimpsest. So um, something that, uh, um, that uh, a starting point, uh, something that you can modify uh, as much as you want in order to make it visible and understandable to the beholder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what outside of uh, painting, um, when it comes to architecture, did he get involved in any projects outside of painting that were architectural related? Yes, uh, we know that Giotto was appointed for the construction of the um, Santa Maria del Fiore, the, the Florence, Florence Basilica, the, the bell tower, as well as the bell towers of the Cathedral of, uh, of, of Orvieto. Uh, sorry, Siena Orvieto. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Siena, it's okay. Someone can Google it. <laughs> oh, okay. Siena, Siena, Siena. Yeah. Siena, sorry. And also, he was uh, appointed for the construction of the bridge uh, that crosses the Arno River in Florence, a bridge that has been turned down by the Nazis during the Second World War. Um, there are also some uh, uh, clues that he might have been uh, involved uh, in the construction of the of the Scrovegni um, um, uh, Chapel in uh, in Padua, uh, which was uh, which interior was fully decorated by Giotto himself. Uh, but uh, the documents uh, that we know related to Giotto's architectural uh, appointments uh, are really scarce, and uh, we cannot really uh, tell much. But uh, that he was thinking as an architect is clear uh, in many of his painted architect architecture, because mm. they, uh, many of them, uh, they also, they could be real. Uh, they could be real architecture. Giotto not only um, is able to represent a portrait of existing architecture, of existing buildings, just like the, in the homage of the simple man, but also is able to represent buildings that they do not exist, but they could exist 
because uh, Giotto is uh, representing buildings that are very realistic, not only in terms of uh, of uh, elements that we can clearly recognize, such as doors, windows, uh, roofs, uh, uh, balconies, but also in terms of structures. Many of Giotto's buildings uh, are um, uh, structurally realistic. Mm. It's just like uh, that, is in, in a way that um, it seems like Giotto is uh, um, is uh, uh, foreseeing, um, uh, is using painting as a tool which allowed him to foresee a building uh, that he has in mind. Just like a modern uh, example of, uh, of, of Photoshop. Um, so um, the, the way Giotto is using a, a painting is to, again, to to uh, foreseeing uh, an, an idea of architecture because he's representing them always in very uh, realistic uh, 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 manners. Uh, all the, many of these buildings are within a, a very realistic uh, a cityscape, for example. So um, again, it's, in, it's, it looks like that uh, he is uh, um, is using painting also with this uh, uh, with this uh, meaning uh, to foresee buildings. Also, uh, is important because mm. this is important because give us a, a lot of information about uh, the real architecture of the time. We have to take in consideration that uh, architectural drawings uh, of the 13th and the 12th century are extremely rare, very, very rare, uh, if any. I mean, we have uh, uh, the famous uh, uh, Villard de Lecour uh, sketchbook in France, uh, or we have uh, uh, some drawings, um, architectural drawing, uh, 14th, 14th century architectural drawings in Siena. I'm thinking about the one uh, related with Palazzo Sansoni. Um, but um, so we do, really do not know the the the, uh, the way the architect was able to conceive uh, and to design a building. And um, we, are, we know uh, medieval architecture only through uh, the actual buildings that we can see with our eyes and through a, a, a number of documents that uh, are related to the patrons and sometimes to the building expense. But we do not have any clue about uh, the, how a medieval architect or builder, uh, probably is better to, to define a medieval um, architect as, as, as a builder, um, because we don't have any materials. Giotto's architecture, uh, Giotto's painted architecture, give us a lot of information about uh, uh, about uh, the, the, the designing process uh, during the Middle Age. Because, for example, uh, we can understand that the notion of symmetry, symmetrical facades, um, they were uh, something uh, that an architect was was caring about. Um, and uh, um, so also the, the idea that uh, many of these buildings are uh, inspired by uh, ancient Roman prototype, mm -hmm. we can, uh, but again, this is a Giotto's uh, peculiarity, but um, it's something that we, uh, today, we can experience only in very, in extremely limited number of buildings. Um, medieval buildings which are inspired or decorated as ancient Roman buildings. I'm talking, for example, the, the Crescenti's uh, um, uh, house in Rome, which is a small uh, private building uh, not far stuck between uh, 
the Capitol uh, Hill and the Tiber, which is a building uh, um, built uh, approximately toward the, the mid of the 14th century, which is a building that was which facade is completely decorated with spolia. But that, again, that, that is a is an exception. Whereas we can see with Giotto's painted architecture that the the relation between medieval architecture and uh, and the and, and the Roman architecture was uh, probably much stronger than we think. Interesting. Um, is it believed that in all of his paintings he always had first sight knowledge of at least part of the uh, architecture or or the like the building? Or is it believed in some cases he completely reimagined a building? Well, Giotto was starting from the visual analysis of the of the Roman ruins. And when he when he was living in Rome, Giotto was documented to live right next to the Roman Forum, for example. Okay. And uh, um, so, he, he definitely the the, the the starting point was definitely on some real uh, objects. Uh, but then it was elaborated, uh, uh, this object, this fragment, uh, uh, reaching um, a result that, um, of course, is not actual, because, again, uh, Giotto was lacking of all those intellectual tools typical of the, of the, of the, of the humanist, of the Renaissance humanist. Um, but also, um, Giotto was uh, um, also thought that uh, the uh, starting from a ruins, uh, it was fine. It was uh, it was fine because the ruin was tangible. It was something really tangible, and uh, something you can actually touch with your hand and see with your eyes. But the ruins, again, um, by definition, they show only a fragment mm -hmm. of a of, of a larger building. That's why Giotto, that probably was extremely pragmatic, mm. pragmatic artist. Uh, he was able to understand that a uh, Roman architecture could have been a uh, 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 reconstruct also by looking toward the different uh, uh, other Roman sources, including, for example, low relief. In low relief uh, and Roman mosaics, but also Roman frescoes, uh, they are very rich of, um, of, of architecture represented. And the architecture represented in low relief paintings and mosaics is, is architecture represented. Uh, in the whole, uh, in, in, uh, in the whole entirety. I mean, they're not fragments. They're they are fully represented. So, um, um, which means that, uh, um, which is a so, uh, could be uh, could be probably a sort of paradox that the true source for Giotto for, to understand the Roman architecture, of course, are the ruins. But the ruins gives you information about the materialities, about the size, about the context with the city, but only partially uh, about the, the old building uh, uh, in the way it was originally uh, appearing. Uh, uh, on the contrary, this other set of sources, uh, they represented ruins, I mean, Roman buildings in their in the, in the walls, uh, um, so in their uh, entirety. That's why uh, these other sources are uh, um, as much as uh, uh, important uh, for Giotto, just like uh, architectural ruins. Did the architecture that he paint, painted, did it ever inspire any architecture, architectural creations in the future? 
Okay, this is a really good question. Um, uh, we don't. Have, we do not have um, any any direct documents, but uh, we can say definitely yes. And I'm and uh, so definitely uh, um, Giotto's painted architecture changed radically the way architecture in painting has been uh, uh, represented because mm. all the uh, artists after Giotto's. Uh, where uh, will we'll, we'll represent architecture in, uh, following Giotto's innovation. This is a fact. Um, in terms of, uh, um, of painted architecture, um, which inspired the real architecture, it's very interesting uh, the case of uh, the large building uh, um, in, um, um, represented in the, in the, in the Bardi Chapel um, with, um, at the Church of Santa Croce in Florence, and, the, and I'm talking about the renunciation of the worldly goods, in which uh, Giotto is um, is uh, depicting two groups of people. Um, one is uh, um, Giotto and his family, and on the other side uh, we have a group uh, of people with uh, um, that, uh, including uh, the Bishop of Assisi and his court. Um, and is the moment in which Giotto, coming from a, a wealthy uh, family of merchants, uh, decided to uh, live the, the, the fancy and comfortable life of his family, donate everything, and uh, and embracing the, 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 the poor life of, of the monk. So, in a, under this, behind these two group of people, Giotto represents a large building, a building of large dimension that. Uh, is, um, is, is, is a building that uh, does, is not a portrait, it's a building that uh, Giotto uh, makes up. Uh, mm. And uh, it's a building that put together the idea of a fancy, uh, wealthy, uh, urban palace uh, of, the, of, the, of the time, along with the idea of the typical bishop palace of the, of the, of the, of, of the time. Meaning that the, the architecture has a, has a symbolical function, which uh, it seems like to comment, to provide extra information to the to the scene. Um, so this building um, and um, has been uh, um, thought uh, to be uh, the um, the um, to be the model for a, a very important uh, Medici villa built uh, outside of, outside of Florence, uh, Villa Medici at the Poggio Cagliano, um, which. Uh, um, it, um, which uh, it's 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 shape the shape of this villa that has been designed by Florentine architect Giuliano da Sangallo um, um, for uh, the Lord of Florence Lorenzo il Magnifico is a villa that um, that uh, we know that is was under construction in 1475 and meaning that. Uh, um, more than two centuries after the top, this top of painting, has a lot of a, of a, has a lot of a, of a points in common um, uh, with, the, with, top, with this top of fantastic building, and um, which we, the, this villa also mm. has a, a very interesting um, um, another it was we definitely know that Le Corbusier in his uh, um, his second. I can't remember whether it is first or second uh, journey to Italy. Mm -hmm. He visited this chapel, mm -hmm. and uh, he actually sketched this villa. 
And uh, a couple of years later, he designed uh, one of the most iconic uh, uh, building of modernism, which is Ville Savoie, which uh, uh, in a way, uh, in, and if you compare this uh, Giotto's fantastic building uh, uh, with uh, Ville Savoie uh, by Le Corbusier that was designed uh, from um, approximately in um, 1929, you can uh, uh, track down a lot of uh, similarities. So in other words, the job of the legacy um, is, uh, is, is extremely long. Uh, um, it, it, it's nice to think that uh, Le Courbusier uh, thought, uh, consciously or unconsciously, uh, thought about what he saw in Florence uh, um, and in the moment that he started to design this villa. Yeah. Amazing. Um, perhaps I can get from you some uh, links later, and I can Absolutely. and I can post them for listeners on the episodes uh, show notes if someone wants to see some of these uh, paintings that you're describing. Sure. Great. Okay. Although you you, you can find everything in, in my book. Great. Um, so it's been great having you on the show today, Francesco. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. You very much. It's been wonderful uh, having uh, you here. Uh, it was really interesting. Thank you. So again, everybody, Dr. Benelli's uh, book is titled The Architecture in Giotto's Paintings. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes on the IthacaBound.com's associated subpage to this episode. Francisco and everybody listening, as always, wishing a marvelous journey. Bye for now. Hey again, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, and I wish you a bountiful rest of your day. Bye for now.